Hey, Emily. Hey, Stephanie. You uh, want to do a podcast? Absolutely. Hey there, Cycle Cats. Before we get into today's episode, we just wanted to take a minute and tell you about the new adventure we're embarking on. Cycle Chats is starting to partner with nonprofits. These partnerships are to help these nonprofits get the must-needed eyes and ears on the amazing work they are doing to better the world and their communities. Helping others has always been the goal of our platform, and we can't wait to start this next chapter of giving back. The first nonprofit spotlight is Women in Distress. Women in Distress started in 1974 and served Broward County as the first refugee for homeless women in a modest four-bedroom home. Now, Women in Distress is able to provide over 27,000 nights of emergency shelter, answer 15,000 calls for help on their 24-hour crisis hotline, provide 23,000 advocacy, counseling, and therapy hours to adults and children, and provide free legal representation that has helped 694 survivors survivors file for injunctions for protection to ensure their safety. Find out more about Women in Distress by visiting their website, www.womenindistress.org. And if you or someone you know is in need of help, please call 954-761-1133. Now back to today's episode. Welcome to Cycle Chats, a podcast to destigmatize what it means to be a woman. This is episode 48. It's not you, it's me, where we talk to a woman who is literally on the other side of the world, helping women heal after toxic relationships and breaking free from unhealthy relationship patterns. Ambra Liu. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm so excited that you're here. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here as well. This is amazing. I love how the internet just brings people together. Like this is incredible. It's the most special thing about social media and the internet. I can totally agree is that it connects people. I just wish more people used it to actually do that instead of just the, you know, typical thing of swiping and and double tapping, but like use it for what it is. It's able to connect and bring different perspectives. And I think that's what it should be used for, but that's a totally different topic from what we're talking about today. (laughs) So exactly. We could talk about that forever. And sometimes I do get on tangents about that. It's one of my biggest topics, but I want to highlight you, what you do. I mean, you're literally in the future, like we were talking about before we pressed record. She is 12 hours in the future, everyone. She's in Singapore. We're in Florida. This is amazing. It's 9 a.m. here. It's 9 p.m. for her. That is, I mean, so fabulous. This is the farthest recording we've ever done for somebody. I mean, we've been like California and, you know, Florida, but this is hugely different. And I can't wait to talk about the differences in the United States and what you're seeing in Singapore and just like the connection that we really do truly have, even though you are literally across the world. Yeah. And and I think it will be so interesting when you talk about things like heartbreak, you realize that it's such a universal experience. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That it doesn't matter, like, you know, whether you live in Asia or in like Europe, it's just like, these are all like experiences that we all go through. So I think it's so cool when you think about that, right? It's like, oh, yeah. And especially because I think a heartbreak is such a, a lonely one man club so to speak or one woman club that you feel like oh nobody could possibly understand what I'm going through yet here we are continents away from each other 
And I can guarantee you the three of us have all shared a similar feeling, a similar story, a similar experience. And I think that is what is so wonderful about what you do is because you're taking that person and you're making them realize that they're not alone and that they are going to heal. They are going to get through it and they are going to break the cycle that they've been in. So I think it's a, it's a probably a very rewarding job and experience that you get to like be with somebody through because I only know what it feels. I mean, I know what it feels like to go through it myself, but then to watch somebody else and coach somebody else through it. I think that's a beautiful thing. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, it's, it, it really is like the most beautiful thing. Like when they first come in the thing lost, like after three months, like I love myself. I love my life. Like I'm feeling happier than ever. Like who cares about him? Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, that's amazing. So my first question always is, what made you get into this field in the first place? When I first started my practice as a coach, I was just a general life coach. So I was like, I can help anyone with anything. Like as long as I teach you how to manage your thoughts, your feelings, like I'm good. And so I had like a couple of clients and I had two clients and they wanted me to help them like process their breakup. And I was like, I love this. <laughs> and I just fell in love with the whole process, like watching them transform, like being there for them when they were crying, when they were grieving. I just, I just decided that, you know, I truly love helping women fall in love with themselves and realize that there is more to life than just like the ending of a relationship. I thought it was like the most empowering experience a woman can ever go through. And I was like, yes, <laughs> like I want to do this for a really long time. I don't know if I'll ever change niche, but for now, it's like stuck, <laughs> done. Well, you'll never be without work. Because heartbreak is a plenty. And if anything, it is on the rise because people do not know how to date. It's like, do you mostly work with women or have you worked with men before as well? I mostly work with women. I worked with one guy, but I just feel like I just want to help women. You know, I just like, they're yeah, my people. And I get it. I, I get like, it. You know, it's just like, I can like, we resonate with one another just on another level. There's definitely a difference in how men and women process breakups. I mean, oh yeah. what would you say, this is off the cuff, what would you say is the biggest I don't know, thing that you run into? Like, what's the biggest thing women come to you with when they're like, my heart's broken? This is like the phrase you hear from them all the time. Oh, like, what did I do wrong? The personal self-blame, right? Like thinking you are the reason for the breakup. Like internalizing that self-blame, questioning your sense of self-worth. Like that's the number one thing that that happens. And and I guess feeling lonely, of course, you know, that you've lost someone that used to be a big part of your life. He's like physically no longer there. You can't call him. You know, it's just so that like those two emotions, not feeling like good enough and feeling lonely. I have honestly 110% say that I have said that to myself. What did I do wrong? I think that's just like, I don't know why that is the universal first thought that we go to after heartbreak of what did I do well, wrong? I think women have always been told that we have to alter ourselves to fit societal standards instead of society having to maneuver around us. I don't know that there really is ever a time in history, if you look back and really fine tune, look at everything that we've ever been encouraged to be us. And quite honestly, I think that's just because the power that resides within all of us as goddesses is too overwhelming. And I don't think anyone could handle it really. So that's my, you know, hair flip moment. But like, I, I think we're just raised to to believe that it's our fault we have to take on, yeah we have to take on the burdens of everyone else it's like a that nurture 
part of women, I think goes into hyperdrive and we just immediately assume, oh, we must have done something. I wonder if men have that same question. Is that like the first thought that they think of when like a breakup happens? Like, what did I do wrong? I wonder. I'll have to ask. Not the men I've been I, I have to ask my husband his thoughts. because It's so interesting. I've never thought. I think for them, it's just like, if they're the one that dumped, right? They're like huge sense of like relief, like I'm going to go out and have fun. So I don't think they internalize that. I think it's more of like, what, what have I lost? Yeah. You know, I have the text messages all to prove that as well. Every, almost every single ex has sent me a text message and I save the messages and I read them and I have some of them memorized because I read them so many times because I could not believe I'm like, you dumped me. You were horrible to me, but this text nowhere in it are you telling me I'm sorry for all of these things instead it's I miss you I'm sad that I don't have you to help me with my things and your memories and I'm like hold on nowhere in this are you apologizing and some of them have ended it with like you don't have to respond but I just needed to get this off my chest then write in your diary don't text me are you kidding (laughs) go talk to your mother call her Hey mom, how are you? You got 10 minutes? Like scream it into the atmosphere. Why are you texting me? You already broke my heart into 50 million pieces. And now you're trying to tell me how sad you are. Get out of here. I don't care. (laughs) Yeah. I think it really comes, especially that that memory, if you're always there for them, you know, to provide like, and be their like number one emotional support system. They think that even if, you know, you guys are no longer like together, that they get to have the same benefit, but it just doesn't work that way. And I think that also men, they struggle to you know have intimate conversations with their guy friends, you know? So it's like, in fact, I, I read up and you guys can fact check, like, you know, men really struggle with divorce and, and breakups after that because they don't have support systems that we do they, they process things they go out to drink they play sports but they never internalize their own pain and they're left there to sit with it and there's so much shame around you know seeking therapy for men so it's like yeah it's a tough process for them as well but I'm not saying that no you know, I completely agree I think men do have again I'm not like a radical feminist or I'm like ah, burn all men like I'm not like that I do think that it's a shame that we are not raising young boys to be more in touch with their emotions and to feel their feelings. I mean, I will give a big shout out to my brother. His friend group and him are like, (laughs) they're just so odd in the sense that they're like some of the stories I hear where they're like, yeah, man, he was having a rough time and he started crying and we were all sitting with him. We were rubbing his back. And I'm like, what? did you just say? And like, I'm picturing this group of like, and they're like all really just, but they're just, they're in shape dudes are a good looking group. And so just picturing this like very handsome group of gentlemen, like all consoling one another. I'm like, that's beautiful. Like to bring a tear to my eye. (laughs) That is where I think we thrive is that we're encouraged to do it and men are not. And I think that's kind of, I mean, this is where I think a lot of these issues come into play with men and women in relationships is this lack of communication like women want to overly communicate to make up for the fact that some of these men don't know how to and so I think you start to run into problems big time so I think this is a good I think this is a good segue into see these are the kind of interviews I live for because we have a whole list of questions we're 30 minutes in from like just meeting you and talking to you and we're like oh wait hold on this one this one this one you can always tell what topics we (laughs) 
really love. This is one of them. So how do you know when it's time to move forward from a relationship? Yeah, so I was wondering with, with that, like, are you saying like, how how do you know when to move forward in a relationship? Like when to, to say goodbye to like the person you're with? Or like- yeah, like how do you know when it's time to hang up the towel? Yeah, and for you to move yeah. forward solo. Because I think that's really hard. Yeah, I mean, I have like a huge story. I was with this person for like, seven years and I I left the relationship and you know one of the like big signs for me was just like we have completely different visions of our future like we want different things and you know just realizing that after you've had so like many discussions about like these are my needs could you do this and you realize that this person really wants to you know put in the effort but he's just not like capable of of like being there for you and you just realize that you've tried for so long and nothing changes and it's like there's no point like you either look at this person and decide that you're gonna love him for who he is and decide to be happy in the relationship or you just decide that like hey this is all you can offer this is not what I want and I'm just gonna leave so that I can you know create the space for like the kind of love and relationship that I want so it's like, it'll take time. Like, I think as women, we feel like, oh my gosh, like we have to keep trying, sacrificing ourselves. But I also think that it's important for you to feel like I tried my best. I did my best. And I really left feeling that I did everything I could in this relationship. And I walked away with my head held high, knowing that I did my best. And like, it was actually a huge sigh of relief for me when I left. I cried for one night and then the next day I was like, okay, time to get up on my feet. Time to know what it's like to, you know, be alone. So yeah. You are literally <laughs> mirroring my last breakup. <laughs> like what happened? To, what I'm happened like, with Stephanie, you were talking. I'm like almost having tears in my eyes. I'm like, oh, this is what happened for Steph. We broke up. I was the one that pulled the plug and there was a lot that led up to it. And then there was a straw that broke the camel's back. And I finally was just like, I can't, I cannot do this anymore. And it was the most, I would say it is single-handedly and will probably forever remain one of the hardest decisions I've ever had to make. Because when I tell you he was my best friend, we went through everything. This man has seen things about me. We've known each other since high school. Like it was incredibly painful. And to make that decision was not easy. And Emily was there when I made the decision. She allowed me the space to process it because again, I felt like I could fix, I could save, what are some sacrifices I could make? And then immediately that new voice that had been developing over time was saying, no more. This is a cycle and no more. You have to make a really tough choice right now because you know the outcome of trying to fix and save and put your needs aside and compromise. And she looked at me and I will never forget this. I was just kind of processing. I was saying a bunch of things and she in a moment of silence, she's like, well, you know what you have to do, right? And I just started hysterically crying. And I said, yeah, but I don't want to. She goes, I know you don't, but you know you need to. And I said, yes, you're right. I do need to. Because things had been leading up to it. And I was always I notorious for staying in relationships way past their expiration date. I think it's because psychologically, we're like, this is what we yes. were built to do do to be in a relationship. So once we're in it, even if it's not working, like Steph said, I can fix it. I can change him. I can try and make this what it once was. That's like our brain, our Our self-worth is directly linked somehow, again, to the, the happiness and the pleasures of others. And so that's like, as I've gotten older, I have to really go, well, wait, am I genuinely gaining pleasure out of this 
for myself or am I gaining pleasure out of it because I am making someone else happy at my own expense? And so that's been a new thing that's recently been popping up in my life. And I'm like, hold on. And it's like a moment of, well, hey, do you want to hang out tonight? And I'm like, well, that will make them very happy. And it'll probably, you know, and I'll try to convince myself into it. And then that quiet voice will be like, we don't want to. And I'm like, hold on. Someone in the back is talking. Yes. You with your hand up. Yes. We don't want to. And I'm like, correct. That was the right answer. Thank you so much. We don't want to. And then I have to let down the rest of the class. Yeah. Oh my God. I think like this, like this is something that, you know, one of my clients, like now she has a little phrase. She's like, is this an act of self-love? She'll ask herself that question before. And she said like putting yourself first isn't easy. You know, like everybody's responsible for their own thoughts. If they are disappointed that you can't hang out with them because you're they're thinking, oh my gosh, I wish I could have hung out with her. I, I, I can't, right? But we know that our actions have like influence on another person's well-being. And so it's like learning how to sit with the discomfort that you potentially hurt someone and choosing put yourself first. I think like this is a huge, like it's a huge win for so many of us women, seriously. Like it's these simple things. So I'm just celebrating you for doing that. Like it's not hard. Like sometimes I have to ask myself when I end work and I I know I'm like, I have two, three hours left. Like I'm so tired. You know, I should write something else. I should create content. I'm like, no, honey, let's honor our bodies today. Like let's, let's be kind to ourselves. Like I'm not a machine. I want to take care of you. Let's rest. A hundred percent. Yeah. I think it's so, you know, cause I look back now cause I've been married. It will be four years. I've been with him for six years in October, which is crazy. But like, I look back at all the relationships previous to, and the heartbreak that I've gone through and the relationships that have led me to this. And it is so difficult when you are in it because it's almost tunnel vision, right? You kind of put on blinders to just have that spark in yourself because you get comfortable. You assume that other people are, like we were saying, tying your self-worth to that relationship. Oh, well, she's so important because she's in a relationship. She knows what she's doing because she's in a relationship. So the minute that that breakup happens, you therefore feel the judgment of others and they're like, I guess she wasn't worth it. Like she must not know what she's doing when it comes to love. And now we're not going to ask her anymore. You know, like all of those things come into our brain, but it's so hard. Cause like my first relationship when I was in high school, when I first had sex with this boy, we were in a relationship for a year and a half. It was really, really toxic. It was an emotionally abusive relationship. And to leave was the most difficult thing I've, I've ever done just because I was in a constant state of, but I love him. I I love him. And even though he's rejecting me, I still love him. I want to do everything I can. And then the only thing that got me out of it, and I think back to this all the time, and I'm so thankful, was I found out he had a birthday party for himself at his house. And I he wasn't was, invited. He was his girlfriend. And all I was his girlfriend and everybody, all the popular girls, because he was very popular. I don't know how I dated him, but whatever. It doesn't matter. All the popular girls were like, Emily, where were you? And I was like, I don't. I don't know what you're talking about. They were like, well, he, he had a party. Like you weren't at his birthday party. I was like, who, like who at a birthday party? They were like, uh, your boyfriend. I was like, oh no, no. That was the spark that made me end it. Even though I knew I was in an emotionally abusive relationship for six months. And then I still let it go on for another year. So after I found out that he had had this birthday party and I wasn't invited, I was like, no, 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 no. So I went over his house to give him his birthday gift, 
because we would hang out every day after school. He lived right there. I walked over and I was like, did you have a birthday party this weekend? He was like, yeah. I go, F you. Why wasn't I invited? I'm done. We're done. This is it. And I got in my car and I, and I left and that was, that's how I broke up with him. I could not believe that he had the gall to do that and to disrespect me in that way. I felt so, so I'm laughing laugh because when we recount these things, we're just, no, because I know these crazy the things, we right? Allow, and then we think back and we're like, what? was I, that should have been an immediate dismissal. Like, what was I thinking? You know, I know. It, it's crazy. But that was the spark that made me finally get out. But I can only imagine how much further I would have been in that relationship if I maybe wouldn't have found out about that party. Like how much longer would I have allowed myself to stay in that relationship? Because it's so hard to break that cycle. You feel so connected to that person. And it's just you're so scared of being alone and being left alone with your thoughts and that you're never going to find somebody again. And it's just like, it's so overwhelming that you just, you don't even want to do it. So you just stay constant instead of changing. It is so difficult. So if, if there is anybody out there that is dealing with a relationship and you're not sure if you want to move forward and move out of it, just ask yourself, like, listen to these stories and, and truly ask yourself, is it worth it? I think, you know, what, what helped me was I, when I was deciding what it to be, I asked myself, like, picture your life five years from today. Like, how do you look? Are you happy? Are you smiling? Do you love the person you're with? Like, and I was like, shh, crap. <laughs> my big one was always, I'm, I'm so sorry to interrupt you, but my big one was always, if I got pregnant by accident, would I be okay having this man co-parent with me? And the minute mm. it would go, oh, absolutely not. Like there was one relationship where I was like, I can never get pregnant with him. Oh my God, absolutely never. And then I was like, then why am I with him? And I like had to have this really hard look in the mirror. I was like, uh oh. So that's always been a like, that's a, a thing that I do is I'm like, that's your way to break it, Steph. That's how I, like I figure it. it out is like, I'll be like, if I accidentally got pregnant and things didn't work out, would I be okay having this man co parent with me? Mine is clearly if they had a birthday party and didn't invite me, <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> What's yours, Hombra? <laughs> mine's so lame. I think mine is like, if you cheat on me, like you're That's out. not like, lame at all. I think that's automatic yeah, dismissal. Like, I, well, I just, it's just not like in lame. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a good, it's a real reason to leave. And I'm like all for that, but I, it's just not as funny or as interesting as what you will say. It's so intense. <laughs> yeah. Mine's real deep. I don't. <laughs> we have a little bit of everything here. I like it. It's from like yes, lightest to I, darkest. Exactly. You know what I mean? It's like a light roast, a dark roast decaf. And three shots of espresso. Like in all honesty, if, if I realize that my, my partner is consistently lying and I find out that he's lying, like that's a huge, like, you know, like people make mistakes and, you know, you can just have a conversation, talk about it. You know, sometimes like people lie in relationships because they're afraid of your reactions. And I'm not justifying their behavior, but I'm saying that I think sometimes women blame men, but they're like, when men try and talk and tell, like I, I coach women who are in relationships and they're like, you should have done that. And they beat them. They're like, then they don't feel like they have a safe space to express themselves. So I think it's a two-way street. So when that happens, I'll be like, okay, let's talk about this. Like, and then if it happens again, I had to check myself through, you know, just self-awareness, through therapy, through constant practice of my tendency, especially with my 
most recent ex, I had a tendency to get upset at him, like, I don't know, like living his life and being happy. And that came from a deeper place within me of feeling like I couldn't just be happy in life. Like I couldn't be present like he was. And so I would almost like take it out on him. And then I started becoming aware of it. I'm not really sure what brought it to my attention. It might've been him and who knows. I mean, we had a lot of history together, but I started becoming aware of it. And I was like, I can't keep getting mad at him for like stuff that's not his fault. And so obviously things shifted, changed. I worked on that part of myself, but I think it's important to also say that it's not always just the dude's fault. Like sometimes they do have a hard time communicating or they don't want to tell you because they know what your reaction is going to be and they don't want to disappoint you or let you down. And I think that's the piece of then let's come into this and let's have a conversation. What is it that you are feeling not heard? How can I hear you better? Can you understand where I'm coming from? These are my feelings and thoughts, but like communication is such a scary thing. I don't know what it is. Like I certainly don't want to beat the dead horse. Like I want to be able to communicate and have a conversation with somebody and like come to some sort of resolve or compromise or, you know, conclusion. If I'm having a disagreement, I don't want to just be like, I don't like to play the blame game. I think it's really uncomfortable. I mean, I certainly, I don't know, you can tell me if I'm right or wrong. There's certainly a time and place to be like, you effed up and none of this is my fault that you cheated on me. But do you find most of the time when women come to you and you're coaching them, do you find that they are placing most of the blame on their partner in their relationship? Or do you feel that it's mostly on themselves that they blame? It can really go both ways. Sometimes like they come and, you know, when they're really angry, the first, like the very unnatural reaction of you to blame the other person because then we don't have to take responsibility for the role that we play. And then once that sort of dissipates and then they're like, maybe I was too clingy or maybe I, I never gave him his own space. So then they internalize. But oftentimes when that happens, I think we genuinely want to like, you know, to avoid coming to terms with, with ourselves, that's like a protective mechanism. So it's like, it's you, it's you, it's you. And I love helping women take ownership of their relationship issues, especially post-breakup, right? So it's like, okay, well, now I know, you know, like that it's not really about him, that there, there are so many things that I can do to be a better partner for this person. And it really, at the end of the day, it all boils down like the relationship that you have with yourself. Like, you know, when you have an amazing relationship with yourself, like it just changes everything. So that was like very vague, but truly like it's not. No, that makes sense. Because I would say the self piece, that's that's really critical and important. I mean. And typically uh, the missing piece of the puzzle for a long time. I mean, that's, you know, again, I'm not trying to be like me, but going through, I think I'm going on like a year and a half of therapy or something like that. And it's really changed how I present myself in the world and how I view myself in the world. And especially how I show up in relationships. I was so not confident before that I thought I could just accept any any old attention that I got. And then the more I started to realize what I had to offer, the more I started to actually care and cater to myself, the more I started to go, wow. Okay. Yeah. I guess I do deserve these. I can't ask for these things. That's a really tough road to go on. And it's still tough. I still don't have it figured out. You know, there's still moments where I'm like, why did I let that happen? You know, but we're, we're human. And I think that's the most important thing is to remember that we're human. So we always want closure, right? I think in these things, and sometimes we don't have it. I certainly know I've still, there's a couple experiences recently. I'm like, what happened? What just happened? So how do we get closure and how do you help these women get the closure that they need? 
even if they can't get the actual closure from the person. Yeah, so I was going to say that that's like a misconception that, you know, that we get closure, that closure comes something that happens outside of us. Like people think, oh my gosh, I need to have another conversation with this person. Or, you know, yeah, I just like, I need an apology. I need him to tell me that he's sorry that he hurt me. You know, I often tell them like, it's fine if you want to continue thinking this way, but if you do, then you are giving this person the permission to have control over your mental well-being. And I tell them, we don't get closure, we create closure. And closure is a feeling and that stems from your own thoughts. As we change our narrative around the breakup and we can start to see things from a different light, we create our own closure. So one of the ways that I actually get my clients to create this sense of closure for themselves is truly asking them to answer their own questions. So for example, if they're like, why did he cheat on me? I'll be like, yeah, tell me. Like, why do you think he cheated on you, right? And so they'll be like, oh, okay, well, it was probably like a really challenging conversation to have. And, you know, I know that he is unable to talk about his emotions. Like, that's really difficult for him. So it's easier for him to do that. And then they're like, but yeah, that's not okay. And so it's like when you start to answer your own questions and then people are like, oh, but I don't know if that's the right answer. And I'm like, it doesn't matter if it's the right answer. Like you need to create a story that serves you. If that helps you process the breakup without having to like have another conversation, that's great. Because the thing is that you can have another conversation with this person and still not like feel that sense of closure. So it really, really stems from you deciding, okay, this is what I'm going to believe. This is what serves me. I feel like at peace. You just kind of boggled my entire brain and life. I mean, I literally wrote it down. We don't get closure. We create closure. That is the the quote quote right there. So thank you for me, future self, past self, all of that. You just literally like my brain is like lit on fire. And now I'm like, oh, crap, I have a lot of work to do. And I think like going through like closure, I think one of the things that really helps is when we can forgive ourselves, forgiving my past self, forgiving him. Like when we, when we can understand why people showed up the way they did, why we showed up the way we did, we can be like, I just did the best I could at that point in time to take care of myself. Like I was just trying to take care of myself. We can start seeing everything as an act of love. You know, that person's just trying to protect himself, take care of himself. Like you're trying to take care of yourself. You realize that like you just believe that anger that you have towards yourself towards the other person and that really helps and it takes time like when the guy I was seeing cheated I was like all the words like I was name calling him and I was so angry and I think like I think part of going through like the whole process of closure is allowing yourself to sit with your initial reactions like those things are so normal you know like my goal with my clients is never to eradicate all these thoughts like hold space for that and then you can shift because you need to process everything that you're feeling like everything those emotions are so important And I think when we start to push that down, that's when you have those explosive outbursts because you are not allowing them to run their course. I tell my mom this a lot because it's something she's actively working on. And it's just kind of a thing in our family too, is that we have a tendency to get really like the mood will hit, right? Whatever that feeling is, sadness, happiness, anxiety, anger, you know, that's a real easy one. And we'll let it completely completely consume us in that moment. And then we'll just, we'll ride the train all day. And so in turn, what we've decided to do is not feel it at all. So we're just going to be like, nope, no, no, we're going to push it down. And that's not healthy. And I have learned, especially again, I love therapy. I tattoo it on my forehead. It's worked for me. It doesn't work for everybody, but for me, wow, what a change. Therapy has taught me that emotions are temporary. 
they come, they serve a purpose, and then they go. And the only times that they're detrimental is when we feed into them and we don't let go. And I think it's so critical that especially in those moments that like your distress tolerance starts to go up because you start to realize, oh, I can handle this and not totally break in half. So I am going to be angry at him. I am going to be upset about this situation. I'm going to give myself this amount of time to do it, to feel it. And then I'm going to thank it for being there for teaching me what I need to be taught. And now I'm going to wave goodbye and say, thanks for coming over for a cup of coffee. I'm not going to invite it to sleep over. It's not going to come live with me. Like it's just coming to have a cup of coffee. We're catching up. I'm going to let him leave and be like, wow, I forgot how like tiring that, you know, it's, but it serves a purpose. And I'm so glad that you mentioned that because I think people don't, they don't want to feel bad, but you have to feel bad to start feeling good. Yeah. 100%. I always say that life is 50, 50, like 50% comfort. I don't like, I don't even like using negative emotions I just call them 50% like comfortable and 50% uncomfortable like emotion I love that yes it's just an uncomfortable emotion it doesn't mean that it's it's inherently bad I forgot who we talked to but she was like emotions aren't inherently bad we're the one that gives them that label it's like when I teach in the textbook chapter about protagonist and antagonist I always like to make sure that people understand that just because the antagonist is the antagonist it doesn't mean they are evil. It doesn't mean they are bad. They are just antagonizing the protagonist. That's it. They're not bad. The minute that you as an actor also judge the character that you're playing, done. You're you're done. You are a duck in the water dead because they don't think they're bad. They honestly think that what they're doing is the right thing. So the minute that you judge them, it's over. Like, yeah, just as humans are so complex, our emotions are so complex. Like when you're angry with someone, it lets you know that like how this person behaved is not cool to you. Like it goes against your value system. I'm so happy sometimes when I feel angry. I'm like, that didn't sit well with me. I can feel anger. I know why I'm angry. I'm going to communicate it in a different way. We never felt anger. We'd be like, you can treat me however you want, you know? Like I love exploring the duality of emotions. Yes. Emotions are meant to serve a purpose. And I think the only reason you don't like them is if you're not learning from them. And that's why like, I honor when I get sad. I'm like, oh, okay, she's here. She needs to be here right now for a reason. I love that validating your own emotions and process. I actually call this like doing inner child work. Girl, Huge. that's Huge. all I've been doing. I have this new therapist, but that's a lot of what we do is like now that I've healed from an anxiety disorder and like I've done the more clinical work now we're going into how do we heal all of this quote unquote brokenness? We're not broken, but how do we refuse those pieces? And we start to make sure that little Stephanie, as I like to call her, is being heard and healed. Are her needs being met now? Because now I'm in a vessel where adult Stephanie can handle this stuff. So now I can help protect little Stephanie and I can hold her hand and guide her through these things that she thought she couldn't handle. So it's like, I'm helping myself in turn. And, you know, just going back to breakups, right? I think this is why, you know, we internalize breakups a lot. As a child, like we don't understand that, like how a person's acting when they're not able to be there for us. It doesn't mean anything about our self-worth as 
probably like, oh my gosh, I'm not good enough. And we hold this narrative for so long. And then it makes sense that we struggle because it's like, yeah, you were a child. Like you didn't have the cognitive capacity to realize that like somebody's actions have nothing to do with like your sense of self, your self-worth. Like you said, I think healing really is a journey. And I always have to remind myself of this. Like when somebody triggers me and I'm like, oh, I caught myself. I'm not good enough. I'm like, woo. Holy spirit activate. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Stephanie. I love that. Never done that before, but I'm going to steal oh, that. Oh, absolutely. Video. Absolutely. You can thank the internet for that one, but it's it's an oldie, but a goodie. We're kind of talking about broken hearts. We're talking about mending inner wounds and healing our inner child. So I think this is a great place to ask. What what are some exercises that you can do to mend a thank broken you. heart? Let me try Anytime. that question again. Yeah. What are some exercises you can do to mend a broken heart? I think we've covered quite a few of them. So I'll just like kind of put them all together, like taking the time to feel your your feelings, you know, changing the story, the narrative that you have around this breakup, you know, not personalizing it, not making it mean anything about you and holding space as much time you need for this. First, focus on taking care of yourself. And then what I like to get my clients to do is to realize that like this is just one chapter like, there's so many chapters ahead so like once you've taken care of yourself it's like now it's time to take your power and your identity back like what do you envision your future to look like in the next year or two like start really exploring like what would light your entire soul up and start working towards that like create a bigger and better future one that fulfills you with or without a man in your life learn everything that you need to learn and then move on oh my wow very empowering conversation so, we're having huh Emily Stephanie you said you <laughs> You set me up yet oh again. God. I love it. You did that once before. I forget what episode. I think app. Oh, I love doing so it. Good. Sometimes I'll do it quietly. I'll set it no, up. And then sometimes it I'm up just real obvious about it. Clearly this conversation has been empowering. I've loved every crevice that we've gotten to and could definitely speak to you for like, you know, about 50 more hours. But that would mean that it would yeah, be like... So- I don't even, I don't know how you're still up because grandma over here. I know. Would, I looked down. I was like, it's 10 p.m. Yeah, grandma over here right would now. be dead asleep at 10 p.m. I'm just accustomed to these hours now because some of my clients are based in the States. So we have calls around like 11 p.m. So I go to bed at like 2 a.m. So I'm like, I have all the energy Call in the me, world. Call me, girl, because like, I'm also up yeah, and partying Stephanie's at 2 o'clock in the morning. Stephanie's a night owl. I am in bed because this conversation is so empowering and I'm taking so much away from it. So thank you again. I need to know what women empowerment means to you. I think to me, it's like loving yourself and knowing your worth and believing that, you know, you have this innate capacity to go through anything that life, like any, any challenge in the world, like you have it all within you. Like there is like nothing that you need from the outside world. Like you are so strong within. And that doesn't mean that you don't go out and you seek support. Like, I think that is part of what you have within you, right? The ability to go out there and seek support. And yeah, that's for me, like a woman really feeling like whole and complete on her own, loving herself, knowing her worth and just going out there and like doing amazing things with her life. All right. Well, we were talking about our younger selves. So what advice would you give your 15 year old self? You are enough. Like really like that is the most, like I was thinking about it. Like you are enough. Like you don't need like anyone else to validate who you are. Like if you're goofy, if like you have like weird quirks, like you truly are enough. I spent like most of my life, like either trying to tone down or just I was constantly changing who I was to fit in. And like, I'm so happy I went through all of that. Cause like now I know like, no, I am just going to stay true to who I am. If this person likes me, great. If you don't, thank you for your time see you so I just want to let every like every woman know that like truly you are enough and yeah you'll you'll find like somebody who 
it's a great match for you at some point, just do your own thing. Yeah. You never know when it's gonna, when it's gonna happen. That's what I tell Stephanie all the time. Oh yeah. Yeah. And honestly, really comes out of left field. I've also kind of gotten to the point too, where like I've stopped seeking it out. So I'm like, I'm just going to try to like seek my own happiness and date myself and like everything else. And I can truly say that for the first time being single, I'm okay with it. This is fabulous. You are such a delight to talk to. I never know what we're walking into when we do an interview. We have a general idea of of what somebody does and what we're going to explore. But this was very organic. This was very like immediately right away. You have such a wonderful spirit about you. I can see why your clients heal their stuff and why they feel so empowered because I feel empowered just by having this conversation with you. So thank you so much for like taking time because I always say that money you can make that's easy to get time. You can't get back. So once you spend it, it's gone. And so thank you for spending some of your time on us today. I really, really appreciate it. We know where to find you obviously, but where can other people find you so they can get all of this yummy goodness? And do you have anything coming up that we should be keeping our little eyeballs open for? Yeah, you can um, find me on Instagram. So that's A-M-B-R-A-L-I-E-W. I'm mostly on Instagram. I don't have many social platforms. I just, I'm just old school that way and nothing interesting actually like in all my projects I'm just coaching and like to me that's fun I love that so I love that yeah so everyone please check her out all of her links are going to be in the description box below above to the side wherever you're listening check it out there or watching because guess what haha we have a YouTube it is called Chit Chats with Cycle Chats it is a totally unedited space where Emily and I break the cycle of what it means to be a woman together just the two of us so something a little different that you can check out, subscribe, comment, start some ruckus over there. You can, of course, also find us at www.cyclechats.com. And we are also on Instagram. And that is where we are most active. You can find us there at Cycle Chats, all lowercase, no space. We'd love to talk to you. I'm sure Ambra would also love to talk to you. So please go check her out, support her. If you are thinking, gosh, I feel like I really connected reach out to her, book a session. I mean, Jesus, this was what, an hour and a half. I I feel like you've already like, yeah, like you've already like, like, I got a blowout at the blowout bar. It was crazy. So if she can do this, I mean, take a chance because you might find something about yourself that you were not certainly sure of beforehand. So Umbra, thank you so much much. This was one of my favorite conversations. I think top, top, I keep having these. We have, we've been like hitting it hard. It's like the guests keep like topping them. And I don't know if you guys are like talking to each other and like tap out. All right, your turn. Let's see if we can blow their minds. You know, like this is what worked in our interview. I don't know. I feel like you're all in cahoots with each other because it's just been so good. So thank you so much for like taking the time and especially where you are versus where we are just goes to show that doesn't matter. And that we are truly all in this together. And that we do not have to do these things alone. So thank you. Thank you guys so much for having me. I'm so, this is such a beautiful conversation. I was so thrilled. I was like, oh my gosh, I get to talk to like two amazing women about like a topic that I'm so passionate about. I learned so much. You guys are so funny. I wish I could meet you in real life. One day. Yeah, one one day. day. Listen, we're going to get there. The more support that y'all give to our YouTube channel, the more chances you're going to get to see of us doing our cycle vlogs. 
yeah. where we go travel and meet all of these women. Yeah, that, that would mm-hmm. be great. Wow. That's our goal is to be able to like take all of the things from the support of the YouTube and the podcast. And then once we have enough saved up to come visit all of you lovely ladies, because this is one thing, but like actual in-person connection totally different experience. Oh God, we're going to have to have like night, like sleepovers and take, I don't know, some sort of caffeine pill to keep us up all night. Yeah. Well, and lots of tissues. Cause I'm going to cry. Yeah. I'm going to be like, <laughs> like it's so I nice know, to meet you. I like, it's... like, I think I almost, I told you most of my coaches are based in the U S right. And I've been with my coach for three years. Like she inspired me to be a life coach and I just can't like, I want to go there. Cause I want to hug all of you guys. It's so far away for now. Yeah. Virtual hugs for now. Virtual hugs for now. Thank you so much for joining us, Ambra. Amazing. Go check her out, y'all. I mean, it's mind blown season, apparently. And with that being said, we certainly hope you sync up with us next time. 